Welcome to the Fiber for Breakfast podcast, a series that discusses fiber as the critical infrastructure for today's growing broadband needs. Listen in as Gary Bolton, CEO and President of the Fiber Broadband Association, speaks with industry thought leaders and experts about connectivity issues and the impact on the remote workplace. I hope you enjoy today's discussion, which will start momentarily. And remember, subscribe and like this podcast on your favorite platform. This week's Fiber for Breakfast brought to you by our platinum sponsor, Wesco. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Fiber Broadband Association's Fiber for Breakfast. We're now in our 39th episode of 2023. But before we kick off, I'd like to thank Wesco, the platinum sponsor of Fiber for Breakfast. You know, our next and final regional Fiber Connect workshop for 2023 will be in Minneapolis on October 24th. You know, registration for this event has been fantastic, so you're not going to want to miss it, so please register today. And that brings us to today's Fire for Breakfast session with Quinn Jordan from the Mississippi Broadband Association, who's going to be discussing Mississippi Broadband Association Connect and Literacy Fund. You know, last week on Fire for Breakfast, we had the pleasure of hearing from Dr. Duncan Earl, the co-founder, president, and CTO of Cubatech, who discussed quantum technology, what it is, and why it will soon matter. And this was a great introduction to quantum technology and was the, the first episode of our quantum series on Fire for Breakfast with our quantum sponsor, Cubitech. So during the next six months, we'll be exploring a quantum networking topic once a month on Fire for Breakfast. You know, as fiber enables our quantum future, we want to keep you informed. Today on Fiber for Breakfast, our guest is Quinn Jordan from the Mississippi Broadband Association, who will be discussing Mississippi Broadband Association Connect and Literacy Fund. Quinn Jordan is the Executive Director of the Mississippi Broadband Association, MSBA. Quinn is an accomplished executive with a passion for bridging the digital divide and creating opportunities for all Mississippians. Quinn graduated from Mississippi State College, Go State, with a degree in marketing and management and embarked on a successful career in various industries. With experience in telecommunications, private industry, and local government, Quinn brings a unique perspective to his role as the executive director of the Mississippi Broadband Association, committed to ensuring that every Mississippian has access to affordable high-speed broadband service and the opportunities it affords. So welcome, Quinn. And for audience, please type in your questions as we go, and we'll work them into the Q&A. With that, let's get things rolling. I'll turn it over to Quinn. Well, good morning, Gary. Good morning, FBA. Um, it's just a, always an honor and a pleasure to, to to speak with you, Gary, and your members through this um, to this call and and through what you're doing nationally. So, um, a big shout out to FBA and their you know efforts, um, not only in states where they have great partnerships like with us at MSBA, but nationally at the national level. So, again, thank you, Gary. I am Quinn Jordan, Executive Director for the Mississippi Broadband Association, and um, one of our brainchilds here lately has been how do we affect connect and literacy um, in Mississippi. Um, one of the things that, that really struck us from the very beginning is that we can build these networks and we can have them, uh, you know, there for, for people to uh, pass their homes, but if we don't get them, you know, connected to the network and, and they don't have the literacy or the capability to do so, um, what have we really done? You know, we, we have we built a super highway with no on and off ramps, 
you know, and that's not what we want to do in Mississippi. So as we go to the next slide, you know, I want to really dive into um, this connecting literacy and what it means and what Mississippi is all about. So Mississippi, the hospitality state, I think that's one of the things that we're known for. And, and our people are probably our best natural resource, Gary. I mean, we have a people that's resilient, that have been through a lot of ups and downs historically, um, socioeconomically. Um, and so, but I do want to get started with the high, you know, with the good side. And so Mississippi has one of the lowest costs of living in the nation. And we're number 16 on natural environment. And so we're attractive for these um, executives and businesses to look at to bring their workforce um, uh, to Mississippi because we do have um, that cost of living and, and that natural environment that is just attractive to these individuals that maybe want to move out and, and, and be part of that new population shift that we're going to see with fiber and fiber broadband expansion. Uh, moving on to the next topic there, 18.7% of Mississippians live in poverty. That's a problem. We all know that's a problem. We want to address that problem. And we know that broadband connectivity probably be, will be one of the biggest, broadest strokes that we can do to help affect that number. Um, next slide. Next, 6.8% of participation um, in ACP based on our ISP um, feedback. We're seeing that a large number of our ISPs are either not um, possibly participating in ACP, or if they do, they're just not getting very much luck. Um, on the ACP um, take rates in their communities. I think it goes back to trust, Gary. Um, Gary, you know, in our communities, when an ISP comes out or when some something comes out over the internet and it says free it, or reduced, it kind of runs people off instead of runs them to there, you know? And so looking at ACP in the state of Mississippi, as, as we move forward, is gonna be a true, a true measuring stick on how we grow and reduce that poverty level. And again, pro providers don't always participate in that $100 ACB device option. 40.7% of Mississippians don't have access to a PC or tablet. That is a huge, huge number. And that is another barrier of entry um, that we're having here in Mississippi. And this Connecting Literacy Fund we're going to talk about is going to hopefully address that. Moving on to the next one, um, we have a layering of challenges also in Mississippi. It seems like that, you know, it's so easy and, and unfortunately it, it's just a, a combination of issues that affect our people and our populaces but we have an overlay of poverty high cost development of these networks low digital literacy and take rates so it's kind of a, a cocktail of problems in rural america and i know it's just not mississippi but i'm gonna say rural america where we're having high cost for deployment of these networks into areas that are quite possibly less um, um, financially able to afford the products. They don't understand how to use the products, thus affecting the take rate issue. And so Mississippi Broadband Association, how can we help address these connective literacy issues facing our friends and neighbors to Mars? Gary, one of the things that, that this connected literacy fund does is it's a three-prong approach. And so, um, if, if you ever been to a Baptist church, we have to have three points, right? So it, we, we're going to do a three-prong approach here on, on, on this Connected Literacy Fund that we have. But number one is affordability. Um, our networks have to be affordable. And so on my website, I've got a quote that says, 
we've got to strike a balance between affordability and profitability. And how we strike that balance is going to affect um, our take rates. Also, um, ISP low-cost options, um, encouraging our ISPs to, to really look at the ACP and the ACP expansion numbers and offering products that, that come close to that number because these rural areas are living on fixed incomes and it's just not attractive if they've got to put another $30, $40 on top of this ACP. But on the other hand, I think we need to talk budgeting to these individuals and say, okay, here's why um, internet access, broadband access is so important to you as an individual, as a family, from a telehealth perspective, from an educational standpoint. And you need to look at your, your finances and budget some money in for broadband. Because if you think you're behind now, you just don't, you're gonna be exponentially behind in the future um, for that. Um, and then moving over to, from, from affordability over to literacy is kind of a natural movement. So now they can afford it, do they know how to use it? And so forging those quality partnerships with um, FBA, um, with um, Education Superhighway, with um, Deb Sosa from um, Tennessee, is to looking at how can we bring in and scale training um, across the nation here in Mississippi so that people can um, afford to, um, can, can understand and be literate um, for um, broadband services. And then um, quality material, what I mean by that on literacy is making sure that we scale that material like I just spoke to, so that you know, no matter where you're in the state, you're 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 learning how to utilize um, broadband services and and the internet itself. And then moving into device, you know, distribution. The the, the third point of this is so yeah, they can afford it now. They know how to use it, but do they have a car to get on the interstate, Gary? You know, can they can they can they get on that information superhighway? And if you remember my, my number earlier, 40.7% of Mississippians do not have access to a tablet or a PC of any kind. So we've got to figure out, you know, how do we do that? How do we attack that? And the $100 ACP is a start, but I don't think it's enough. Um, it's not enough to get quality equipment in the hands of these individuals. And then working with ISPs and community um, participation, Getting those ISPs understanding that the philanthropy side of it is, is doing, you know, uh, equipment drives and our community through our community centers and our and our anchor institutions getting involved and in allowing for connectivity through devices is going to be um, the third point. So I'll pause there, Gary. Do you have any comments that you'd like to bring into on this? Yeah. So let's. Um, I mean, so first of all, uh, really appreciate what you're doing for Mississippi. You know this. You know, we cannot leave any state, any community behind. And uh, obviously, Mississippi is with 40% of people not having devices. You know, that's really puts them in a puts your communities and your state in a bad situation. So, tell us a little bit about the fund. You know, how are you structuring it? How do people, um, you know, donate to the money? And how do you administer the money? And how do people apply? And and how are those funds being distributed? All right, so one of the so we have partnered with the um, community foundations of Mississippi, 
and you can go to our website at www.msba.info and you can talk and you can look through not only the Connecting Literacy Fund, but you can also at that point click here to donate. We're, our goal is about a $10 million fund, Gary, so that we can sustain this because what we're concerned with is that we know that BEAD has money coming um, down the line for um, literacy, but that money is going to run out over time. They're going to invest that money and that money is going to be spent. So what are we doing ongoing, not only from a literacy standpoint, but from a device distribution? So we're trying to get this fund, um, we're, our goals of $10 million fund, we're looking to hire an individual um, through MSBA that is, is gonna work with and coordinate with our extension services, our libraries, our, kit, our other anchor institutions to ensure they have you know, the support that they need um, to have access to partners and devices so that when these individuals um, go through this training program um, and and really work through it, that we that we allow them to graduate with a device so that they can get on that information superhighway. So again, go into our website. You can learn about MSBA, what our goals and objectives are, and I think you'll see that they're very transparent and and customer driven. So if we move on to the next slide, I think we'll, we need to talk about the fourth. There's a fourth component here. So, uh, so is that how do we sustain these networks, Gary? You know, we let's say we build these networks, and 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 uh, and again, we've got the, we're passing all these homes, but the ISPs have a challenge here in Mississippi, and this is how we're trying to help our ISPs, looking at high cost areas. So moving on to the next point there, high cost areas, um, you have very low density in some of these areas. We have terrain issues, and then we have inflation. That inflation is costing our ISPs more money than ever. And so moving, and so as we talk about to the matching funds and, and letter of credit, um, how do we help our ISPs um, find those good partners? Um, for those matching funds and those and that and then navigate this letter of credit issue. So Gary, at our at our conference, and I'm going to talk about that right at the end, is that we're going to have some panels to discuss these 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 challenges on sustainability. And then take rates and population density. We've talked about this, but that's another challenge. And then we move over to um, community roles. You know, our communities what do they need to be doing to sustain these networks? So, you know, so we've talked about, you know, ACP expansion. We've talked about ACP sign up with our partners. We've talked about literacy. We've talked about devices, but there has to be grassroots campaigns. We have to identify those obstacles and provide solutions in these communities ahead of, I, of this broadband deployment, such as who is your, who is your point of contact for the ISPs that are going to come in? Do you have a broadband person in your community? Uh, how many railroad crossings are you going to affect? You know, is there national forest land? And then also one of the biggest issues we're dealing with is water lines and utility markets. Our ISPs are hitting a lot of water lines because they're just not marked. And so we're the communities need to be working on that. And 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 MSBA is helping the communities. We're working with um, Wicker's office, and um, they've been just a great team on how can we address the utility issue here in Mississippi. Um, and then identifying or establishing anchor institutions. I mean, again, we've got to have these anchor institutions majorly involved in providing access and, and, and 
equipment, um, hardware for these individuals to um, take advantage of the digital um, uh, digital economy. And then promoting again, they need to be working with us hand in hand to to promote that digital literacy and, and high take rates. So, you know, the, when you when you look at those areas and, and and what we need to be doing, this four prong approach through this Connect and Literacy Fund is how we're going to hopefully help Mississippi navigate this digital divide. So, Gary, moving on to um, how we're we going to MSB is going to rise to the challenge is that Connect and Literacy Fund. You can join our association here. There's a link here, Gary. I'm sure this is this um, this message will be shared and stored. So thank you for doing that. Um, and then you can give um, to our fund through our partnership with the Community Foundation of Mississippi. There's a link here. There's also a link on our website. Um, and then moving on to the next um, the next point there is that we have our fall we have spring and fall com conferences here in Mississippi. Gary was our keynote um, back in May, and we had a tremendous turnout. We're having our fall showcase coming up, um, and it's more geared towards vendors and ISB workshop, October 5th and 6th. It'll be at our two, two museums, which sounds confusing, but downtown we have the, the Mississippi History Museum and the Civil Rights Museum, Museum under one roof, and so therefore we call it the two museums. And so um, we're going to have that there. You can sign up for that conference and learn about all these topics that are affecting Mississippi and how we're navigating those waters. So Gary, a lot going on. Yeah, so Quinn, so tell me how this all works. So um, can you talk a little bit about the relationship um, that your organization has with Sally uh, Doty and Beam, you know, the state broadband office there and how that all works together? Yes, and so we are a standalone 501c6. We have no connection with the state broadband office we're an advocacy committee, an advocacy association. And so our only relationship with Sally and her office is to advocate for our ISPs and our communities on how they're developing the BEAD, um, the, the, the NOFO, and as well as their volume one, volume two, giving them feedback from our ISPs, giving them feedback from our construction companies. And so again, we're sitting over here to the side. Um, we're a cheerleader. Of course, so they're doing a phenomenal job, but also, uh, you know, a, vo a little voice in the wilderness as well, you know, saying, hey, you know, our ISPs are struggling with this as part of your NOFO or, you know, volume one, whenever all that stuff comes out, we will review that and see how we as an association can, can advocate um, the, the rollout to, to be very efficient here in Mississippi. So I kind of look at, I call it the, the three A's, but it's, you have to have access. So you have to make sure that everybody has uh, the availability of broadband connectivity. Um, has to be affordable. So once you have access, you got to be able to you know, make sure that the price is right. And then you have to have adoption. And so, you know, it seems to me that you and Sally have to work hand in hand because if she's going to be able to get um, this connectivity out here, we need to be able to then make sure that that the ACP adoption is going to be um, not at you know single digits, but up as as high as possible, right? That's you know Mississippi doesn't want to leave money on the table to make sure that we can get internet for as close to free as possible. And then it seems to me like your program here is you know if we can attack the uh, the 
access, the affordability, then it really gets to the adoption so that we can train people in Mississippi, or you can train them on how to um, leverage the internet and how to make their lives better, how they can get jobs and access to medical care and education and all the things that the internet's gonna be able to provide for us. So can you right. kind of talk about how that all works together? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it goes back to our conversation earlier where I said we can build the, the information superhighway, but if we don't have those on and off ramps for our people to, to, to be able to take advantage of the digital um, economy that's to come and, and then the services, the overlay services, then what have we done? You know, what, what have we really done other than build a, a nice, pretty backbone in Mississippi that's going to allow us to grow in the future? So we really have to, and if you look back at our association, what our mission is, it's fiber to the home, right? It's it, it, it ensuring that we have connectivity all the way to the end user. Because in, in the way we, that we do that in Mississippi, and I think where we do that in a lot of the states around the nation that has those rural environments, is that we ensure that we're capitalizing and expanding ACP as, as far as, as we can into the system, right? And so ACP and, and BEAD, if they don't go hand in hand, I'm not sure what else would, right? Because we're trying, the, the goal of, of BEAD and the goal of NTIA is to, is to connect the unserved areas, you know, first and, and ensure that we're reaching rural America. There's points for that, you know, for those areas that are uh, socially, economically deprived. And so, again, if we don't, if we as an association and our members don't don't make affordability, uh, um, excuse me, access affordable, and then teach them how to utilize it, and then give them the vehicle in which to get on the the infrastructure, then I think we're going to miss the mark. So, our, um, I mean, the, your fund is the first I've heard of it from a state. Are there any other states that are putting up similar funds? And well, remember now we're an association, so we're not with the state, and so this will be the first. This is the first thing that this is the first that I've heard of any of any state that's doing that, and um, we're glad to be a leader on it. So I have not heard from any other states. Now I know Tennessee is doing a great job with their literacy and connect, um, and so Deb Sosa is doing a great job with what she's doing in Tennessee, and I think they have their um, Tech Goes Home program. Um, so and they're the ones that we're working with. So us in Tennessee, look at the South showing out, right? <laughs> so tell me how this works then. So as you establish your fund, then you'll have a training program so that you'll encourage community members to sign up and to to basically learn how to use the internet. And once they graduate, then if they're eligible, they would get a device. That's exactly right. So if you go to our website and if you want to hear more about it, go to, again to www.msba.info. And you can go to our Connected Literacy Fund, and there's a whole layout. One of the things I always try to be is very transparent on how we're going to do this. But the way this will work is that we want to we want to partner with uh, Mississippi State Extension Service, our library systems, and we're working in these these relationships already. I've already been meeting with them in the Mississippi co uh, Junior Colleges um, across the state. We've got 15 of those that are tremendous community partners already for our communities, but also we've been, as MSBA, we've been working with them. And we wanna take a training program that we bring into those 
anchor institutions in, in all 82 counties and say, okay, day one of this of this training is ACP sign up. So we ensure we we're making sure that we're signing up these individuals and guiding them through the ACP, if you know, and to see if they're mm -hmm. eligible. Which in Mississippi and and if they're on free and reduced lunches, um, if they're already on their our, our SNAP or our TANF program, then they'll qualify. And so making sure that that we're educating through the community, we're going to work with Education Superhighway and some grassroots people to go out and recruit individuals for these sign up. Um, events that we're going to have day one of the training and then we'll move into the training standpoint of it and it's about a 12 to 14 hour training program where we really get into the nuts and bolts of of, of um, broadband um, understanding and literacy and then at the end of the program like you said Gary we'll take that individual and assess their needs and say okay you need PowerPoint or you need Excel to do what you're wanting to do you need to be in a PC the next one may be doing streaming or, or telehealth and they can do okay with a tablet, right? And so it's going to be very broad, but yet specific at the end to try to meet those needs. And that's going to be in a very expensive investment. And we feel like that $10 million goal would be a great start to get that done. So now as far as, you know, obviously kind of the anchor parts of these are, as you mentioned, um, you know, one is employment, others education. You know, third would be healthcare. Uh, might even be um, your government services. So, are is there? Are you working with those entities, like for instance, telehealth, to make sure that the um, the hospitals and physicians in uh, Mississippi can be able to um, provide these telehealth sessions? Yes, and so our goal will be to work with those groups. It's just been so much getting it off the ground over the last month or two just to get the infrastructure on training and, and getting people just um, digitally literate. And then our overlay services will probably be more in the round two, making sure that we're working with UMC here, which is our state hospital that does a phenomenal job to ensure that we're you know, putting these apps and these opportunities on these devices so that they can take advantage of, of telehealth, but also to educate the institutions themselves about help moving towards um, using the digital um, capabilities that we have here in the state now, and and maybe reducing the backlogs we're having in our in our hospitals and our in our clinics. Now, is your target largely adults, um, or or do you have a a segment you're going to be looking at for school kids and so forth? And so we're we're actually partnering. Um, so th there's two sides of that. I think digital literacy comes in two points. Um, I think we have to start in K-12, Gary. Um, we have to, even though that they, they know more about phones than you and I combined probably, um, but we have to introduce broadband to them, right? And, and so we're partnering with you guys, FBA, and we're, we're hoping to utilize the, the FiberTech um, program that you have and in introducing that in the K-12 arena so that we can educate these kids on not only not only workforce but what's coming in broadband right and almost have like a curriculum built into the program so that when they come out that we're we're, we're addressing that that future workforce um, and then the second point is yes we will be working with adults mainly in these sessions with extension service um, your community colleges 
um, and, and, and getting them um, literate to just utilizing the network and taking advantage of the services that will be offered. So it, it will definitely be a two-pronged approach, K-12 and then your adult segment. So Quinn, thank you so much. You know, we really appreciate the work that you and Sally are doing to connect the people in Mississippi. You know, the Connect and Literacy Fund will be instrumental in helping close the digital equity gap in your state. So thank you guys for what you're doing. And I want thank to thank you, everybody man. for joining us today. And I look forward to getting back together next Wednesday for Fire for Breakfast with our good friend, Brian Dar from Ookla. We're going to discuss the latest internet and broadband stats they collect and what that means to you. So you're not going to want to miss that. So thanks, everyone. We'll see you guys next time.